We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Before he was four years old, Terry Williams lost his mother, grandmother, and several aunts. By fifth grade, he dropped out of school, then spent time in and out of juvenile institutions and eventually prison. Then, in 2013, when his firstborn child was murdered, his whole life changed. For years now, Williams has been mentoring young boys in East Baltimore and ushering them toward safety and success. He is also a 2022 Open Society Institute Baltimore Community Fellow. OSI Fellows are awarded $65,000 over 18 months to develop innovative programs that help underserved communities and combat inequities in education, housing, health care, and more. In a few minutes, we'll get an update from a participant in the last OSI Community Fellow cohort who works with young people in Greenmount East. First, Williams joins us to talk about his project, Challenge to Change, a mentoring initiative targeting at-risk youth. Welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where did the idea for this project come from? A lot of aggravation, frustration, uh, challenges from my childhood. I'm a firm believer that they, those that have been through the greatest become the master menders of other broken people. So I was once that broken person. So it came from a lot of a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Like a rock um growing up out of the bricks, out of concrete. You know, that's pretty much sums up my life from my allegorical perspective. I gather the the death of your son was a big turning point. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, that that situation, it was a make me or break me moment or make me or break me season. And being able to survive that, you know, that, that, that pain, that tragedy, rather than letting it make me bitter, I let it make me better. But it didn't happen overnight. It was nothing instantaneously. It was a struggle. But when it was all said and done, I realized that the pain I felt, I never wanted another mother or father to feel it on my watch if I have a say-so in the matter. And I used my voice to have a say-so in the matter. So that catapulted me deeply, you know, uh, into this work after I lost my son. You already had thought about the, the components of Challenge to Change, I gather, before that moment. Tell us about Challenge to Change. Prior to me coming home in 2002, I always knew I wanted to work with young people. You know, coming out of Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary, which was at that time uh, considered the second dangerous penitentiary in the United States. Hmm. So being able to survive that, you know, seeing some young man never coming home, dying inside of the prison. So just being in that environment and being able to survive it, that was also a turning point for me. I met young men in there that, that helped me kind of get the framework of the kind of work that I'm doing now. So when I came home, I got with the program. We, we called ourselves the Circle of Positive Black Men. And we started up this uh, program, no funding from no one. We was uh, paying our dues every week and we raised up a nice sum of money 
but take the kids on trips and vacations and never looked at the bigger picture of it as far as um, getting monies from other organizations. And we ran that program successfully for probably five years. So, you know, when my son was murdered, that just, again, catapulted me into a deeper place and something I already was like built to do. But that tragedy pushed me into my destiny. What is the goal of Challenge to Change? To change the narrative. You know, to change the narrative that we are seeing bombarding our cities every day, you know, particularly Baltimore, to let kids know that there is alternatives, no matter what they've gone through, what they have encountered, what they're facing currently, to let them know that it's fixable, that the situation is fixable, no matter how deplorable it is, that I'm a firm believer that the situation is fixable with, with, with the proper love applied, with the proper love applied, respect and, and, and deep consideration for the needs of our youth. That is one of the most key components, love. For Challenge to Change, we spell love at Challenge to Change, T-I-M-E, the time we spend with our youth. That is how we express our love. How often do students meet, and, and what do they learn? Oh, wow. we, we meet almost on a daily basis. You know, my wife is a pastor, so even on Sundays, these kids are in church with us. So we know that the spiritual component is a very serious component as well. So I would say every day. It's not a day to go past, and I'm not with these kids. And one of the things that we instilled in them is uh, the three rites of passage. It's a curriculum that I put together. And it's deal, it deals with identity, purpose, and potential. And those three components, they, they have branches to them. So we all, you know, like identity, for instance, you know, teaching the kids who they are is more important than anything, you know, when it comes down to molding their minds into realizing who they really are, opposed to what other people try to say they are. So just having them to come into a sense of their identity knowing that they are brave, they are powerful, they are magnificent. Because one of the things I've learned in my own life is that when you don't know who you are, someone else will tell you who you should be. So that's how you get a lot of kids to enter into gangs, not knowing who they are. And so that is one of the most powerful components is having these kids to know who they are. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass, speaking with 2022 Open Society Institute Baltimore Community Fellow Terry Uncle T. Williams about his project, Mentoring At-Risk Youth, called Challenge to Change. How does the OSI Fellowship change what you've been doing? OSI, the way they go about supporting organizations, is like they're sowing into a vision. They're sowing into people's dreams of changing the narrative in our city and giving people the leeway. One of the things I've learned in this system doing this work is that when you have fiscal sponsors and you have people give you these monies, that the process that it takes to get things done, it becomes an issue in and of itself. Even with all the good work, it still becomes an issue because you got to jump through the hoops and with OSI being able to have one to have the liberty to just go in, go in on the vision, do what you have to do to bring the vision into fruition. So that is one of the most strongest and, and the most 
thrilling experiences that I've uh, I've ever received in going in and doing this type of work. Hmm. How how do you connect with young people at risk? Do you find them, or do they find you? Both. I've been blessed to have a platform. You know, when it comes down to social media, I have over forty three thousand people that follow me on social media. So um, I just the work I've put in over the years, being on murder scenes, speaking out on, you know, murders and shootings and and kids kind of gravitate towards the boldness of real men trying to make a difference, even when their life is at risk. So connecting with a lot of kids, one of the things I've, I've come to realize that when they respect you and trust you, I have this equation that trust plus respect equals relationship. And so those components there working with these youth are so essential to be able to get into the lives of these youth and have them to open up to you and really talk about the real issues that's happening in their lives. How do you measure the success of Challenge to Change? The constant coming back shows me that I'm doing the right thing. You know, with parents constantly reaching out to me, but um, I measured the success by not only the, the return of kids, I measure it according to their behavior sh- changes, but um, statistics was never a thing to me. I never thought in terms of that because my heart was in it. So I didn't understand that documentation sometimes beat conversations. But I'm saying that in this work now, people want stuff documented, but people constantly coming to me, you know, let me know, man, just keep it up. Can my kids get in the program? That is one of the biggest ways I had measured the growth and the uh, expansion of Challenge Change. Uh, we starting to get real deep into data now. I'm understanding that that's important. Uh, we looking at software, you know, individuals that have the ability to uh, expand in that particular area of challenge change, but for the most part, is this the repeating of kids coming to the program? What does a project like Challenge to Change mean to you personally? It's my lifeline. It's my lifeline. Why? Yep, because it connects me. It connects me with a broken young man when I see these kids, I see a little terror. I see a little Uncle T that cried out for help. No one heard him. It's like a dove whistle. No one hears it. So this being able to connect with these kids, that when I see him, I'm like, okay, that's little Uncle T right there, that's little turn. And just knowing the pain I went through my past, it gives me fulfillment in knowing that I'm helping that little kid out and that I'm hearing that little kids cry. So just the very connection with these kids' pain, their hurt, their suffering, and that is the gist of challenge to change, connecting relationships in every form or every fashion, holistically speaking, just being able to connect academically, socially, financially, being able to connect with their pain. Thank you for telling us about this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Terry Uncle T. Williams is a 2022 Open Society Institute Baltimore Community Fellow. We've been talking about his project called Challenge to Change. 
in which he mentors at-risk youth in East Baltimore. We've got more information about all of the 2022 OSI Fellows at the On the Record page at wypr.org. Short break on the record. When we're back, we'll check in with an OSI Fellow from the last cohort to talk about his progress. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. We're hearing today from two Open Society Institute Baltimore community fellows, both working with young people in East Baltimore. We just heard about Challenge to Change, a mentoring project that's part of the most recent cohort of fellows. Now we'll get an update from past OSI fellow Isaiah Johnson, who in 2020 kicked off a new version of his Greenmount East Leadership Project. He joins us by phone. Welcome back to On the Record, Isaiah. Thank you, and good morning. Thank you for having me. So first remind us, what is the Greenmount East Leadership Project? Um, Greenmount East Leadership Project is a dynamic and innovative community organization dedicated to providing positive programming for at-risk youth in the Greenmount East community. Um, our overall mission is to inspire youth to reach their highest potential by providing them with the necessary skills, resources, tools, and opportunities um, for their a successful journey to adulthood. And the way we do that is we use, uh, we utilize positive program activities as a catalyst to connect um, our youth and redirect them from a path of a culture of violence. And um, so our organization also uses uh, different interventions to encourage conflict resolution and anger management. Boy, that's a lot. Um, let me go a little bit behind that. You you have a personal connection to Greenmount East. Where did the idea for this project come from? So, yes, I am a native of um, of Baltimore, and I also grew up in this community. Greenmount East Leadership Project is not just a community program that I decided to start just to start it because I have a passion for youth, but I also lived in this community as a child. I went to the local elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools within that um, district and within that zone. And um, a lot of childhood memories come from Greenmount East, from the rec centers to the neighborhood to the neighbors. And now I have had the opportunity to come back and impact the community, which I grew up in, um, and give back. How many young people participate? Oh, well, on currently, we have about I would say consistently about 28 youth that participate consistently. Um, participation varies throughout the day. We just had an eight days of giving, which is our first um, eight days of giving project where we had different um, programs, eight consecutive days. And overall, cumulatively, about 500 participants, youth including parents. Wow. Each day on average for each program, we had about 40 participants. Wow. 
So you laid out a really ambitious um, set of goals. Tell me about the programming you provide. So some of the programming we provide is our Free Sweat Health and Wellness Initiative, and that, that program pretty much is geared towards um, providing a level of fitness and nutrition for our youth that impacts them emotionally and physically. Um, it allows them to learn the necessary important components of how to take care of yourself um, and how exercise and fitness and nutrition benefits the mis- mental, emotional, and social um, development. Um, our other program is our youth enrichment program. So that's an after-school program um, that provides individual group and support services to youth from tutoring, mentorship, career training, job placement, and mental health workshops, and also athletic skill development. Um, Our summer enrichment program, which we partner with the Mayor's Office of Youth Works, Um, this would be our third annual Youth Works. We started with eight youth the first year. Um, The second year we grew to 16, and this year we're looking to grow to 25 youth. And that is a paid program, it's a paid statement through the Mayor's Office of Youth Works. with that program, it's all about life skills. So we take the kids on college tours. Uh, we expose the kids to different cities and different places. We went to New York, and we also went to North Carolina. And throughout this summer program, we worked primarily on mental health, skill development in the areas of communication, education, and confidence building, as well as financial literacy courses. That's Isaiah Johnson, founder of the Greenmount East Leadership Project, here on the record on WYPR. I'm Sheila Cast. Johnson was a member of the 2020 cohort of the Open Society Institute Baltimore Community Fellows. We're getting an update. What is the feedback you hear from kids who participate or from their families? Um, the feedback is, is, is shocking. Um, though I would like to say that Greenmount Leadership and myself does a great job in the community, and we strive for greatness. Um, at times I have to, you know, pinch myself um, from the different feedback and the impact that we are making in the lives of our youth and their families. Um, we have a lot of youth that started with us three years ago. Some of them are now graduated high school and come back to provide um, leadership to our younger youth as leaders. Um, many of them have went on to get jobs. Three of our youth are currently in Baltimore City High School working at Top Golf which our workforce development program has helped them to obtain. And a lot of them say that, it, you know, the work that we've done in Greenmont Leadership has allowed them to work primarily. Um, this is from five to six different youth recently. It has allowed them to help work on their anger, um, their confidence building, and allow them to grow professionally. And also the exposure we have given them through the different workshops and op- opportunities to explore other cities has allowed them to dream bigger. Um, than they normally would. And, um, and yes, so specifically, uh, we have two young youth that really, really, really always thanks um, Coach Zeke, myself, Isaiah Johnson, the Grand Leadership Project, for giving them the, the opportunity to not give up on them. And um, that's what one of them pretty much shared with me recently um, in the new year, that uh, he's grateful that um, the Greenmount Leadership Project stuck with him and didn't give up on him. And um, that was one of the major things that he appreciated about the program. Um, Tyreek DeBose, one of our group leaders, his, he has benefited from definitely believing in himself more. He's actually, he actually obtained his first job that he's ever had. Uh, he works currently works at the Department of General Services. 
But he's been there for three years consistently mm. since graduating high school. And since graduating high school, this was his first employment opportunity. And um, with the support and partnership of the um, mayor's office of employment, Tanya Lester, to be specific, she worked with our program to engage and employ some of our youth. And um, out of all of the youth, he is one of the individuals that stuck at the same job for three years. Tell me more about the young man who's grateful that Green Mountain East Leadership Project didn't give up on him. Why Why did he feel he was about to be given up on? Um, he's been given up on so much in, in his life. Um, he is one of three siblings. Um, he lives in a household with a single parent. His dad was a victim of uh, gun violence. Um, and out right in our community, I grew up with his dad, so I knew his dad very well. And um, he pretty much lacked a lot of male leadership, and that trauma has affected him, too. He, act, he acted out in anger a lot. He was, wasn't used to having anyone to, uh, you know, hold him accountable for different things. And, you know, he's, he was acting out in school a lot, getting in trouble, and having his mom to work a full-time job. Um, he didn't really have the people who invested in him as much. Um, and not saying his mom didn't, she did, but, you know, having to have a full-time job and take care of three other kids and then having him, you know, to feel traumatized by his situation, not having his dad there has impacted him in such a way that he would act out and then, you know, people would put him out the rec centers. And that's why I actually, you know, connected with him at um, the rec center. And um, me too. I too have actually kicked him out of the basketball program. Something even he was the first to be. He was one of the kids that got fired from our um, cleanup project that we had. It was a paid stipend cleanup project from the Be More Yes program. And um, when when Greenmont Leadership, we don't give up on you. So um, we didn't fire him and didn't rehire. We just allow him to get himself together. And when the next session came up where we were doing including new youth into the cleanup project where they can earn money and stipends and also clean their community, we rehired him. When he got kicked off the basketball team for a couple games, we allowed him to re-enroll and get back on the team. And that's what he means by never giving up on him. Um, and that's what we strive ourselves on. We believe in giving second, third, fourth, fifth chances to youth because I was a youth myself that needed someone in my life not to give up on me. And for that, I pretty much return the same energy to the, the youth that come through the Greenmont East Leadership Project. It has been, I think, more than a year since your OSI fellowship wrapped up and the funding that goes along with that. What has changed or not changed with the Greenmount East Leadership Project since then? Okay, so let me let me give a shout out to the OSI, uh, Open Society Institute Fellowship Program, which is a great program. And I came through that program during the pandemic, and um, it was a great program. I got the opportunity to learn a lot about myself, learn a lot about um, through the trainings and things they offer it. But I would say, what has happened since um, the the fellowship, um, we've been able to impact um, way a lot more youth. We've created and added multiple programs since that time and we also have been able to reach a lot more youth and um greenmont leadership has grown since the osi fellowship osi fellowship was definitely a springboard um to where greenmont leadership is currently at now um now the funding part is definitely one that's definitely a concern of ours um, but we've been able to work hard and diligently to find ways to partner with other organizations to support um um, the services that we provide, a lot of the work is done by myself. Uh, this is a full, still a full-time job for me. 
um, even though I'm not receiving the funding for OSI. Um, but we have grown. Greenmont Leadership has grown, and thanks to um, the OSI Fellowship, it has definitely springboarded me in the right direction and has allowed me to gain that momentum, and I'm working hard and diligently right now to keep that momentum going. What do you most need to keep growing? Uh, of course, a lot of people um, say, you know, money is not everything, but you need money to live. You need funding and resources and support to continue to build. We need capacity building. And um, it's a very competitive grant um, process out here in Baltimore City. So um, we are definitely in need of support with having grant writers. So we need donations, um, volunteers, tutors, and individuals who just want to share their talent and their time to impact another young girl, another young boy, to help them on their journey to adulthood. If you're in the area of finance, in the area of business, um, if you're in the area of nutrition, if you're in the area of public speaking, art, self-expression, if you're in the um, industry of radio, if you're in the industry of television, dance, please reach out to Remote Leadership. We can use all of those different um, connections and partnerships to help continue um, working with the youth in the Greenmount East Leadership community and helping them um, on their journey to adulthood. Isaiah, good luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Isaiah Johnson is founder of the Greenmount East Leadership Project. He developed it when he was a member of the 2020 cohort of the Open Society Institute Baltimore Community Fellows. We've got more information about the 2022 and past year's fellows at the other record page at wypr.org. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow.